Welcome to In Conversation, the regular podcast of eSharp magazine. Go to eSharp.eu for free access to all our podcasts to date. This is Paul Adamson, and I'm in conversation with Susanna Welford. Susanna is the CEO and founder of Running Start, a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization training young women to run for political office. Well, the kind of the hint is in the title, the job spec, um, Susanna, but let me start by asking you, what is your background and why did you start this organization? First, thank you so much, Paul, for having me on. I'm very happy to talk to you today. Um, so I think you really, in order to understand why I'm doing what I'm doing today, you have to go all the way back to the time that I was in middle school. Right. Um, and it's because uh, I, I think um, from the time that I was very young, I was interested in in leadership and in um, sort of doing big things and solving problems, but I had um, a lot of doubt about whether I was good enough to do those things. Okay. And I really felt that way up until my 30s when I started working for a very powerful woman. She had been um, the governor of Texas. Um, her name was Ann Richards. Oh, wow. Yes, well-known lady. Yeah, she was, she was amazing. And it was the first time in my life that I realized that that voice in my head that said, I'm not good enough, everybody else is better, I'm not supposed to be here, that that was a very universal voice for women, that so many women feel that same way. And so what I had been thinking about as a um, a problem within myself really was something that um, a lot of other women experienced. And that was when I decided I wanted to help change that and to quiet that voice so that women could get further into leadership. So what is it, in effect, then, the, the, the mission statement of your organization? I mean, so the ultimate mission is to get more women into politics. Um, we focus primarily in the U.S., but we do more and more international work, and we want women to be equal in power to men around the world. And is it essentially a question of awareness raising to make sure that especially the males who are dominating the political scene are aware of the situation? Or is it also not so much a support organization, but a way to, to train women just to step up to the mark? It really is the latter. It okay. is working with women to help them overcome those internal barriers that make them not seek the highest leadership positions. And so we do a lot of training um, to inspire confidence in young women, um, including we do public speaking training, we teach them how to network, we talk a lot about the barriers that hold women back and that those are um, surmountable barriers. Um, so it's a lot of working to build their confidence so that they understand that they, they do have what it takes to lead. Well, can we try and be a bit forensic then about these yes. barriers? Because we talk a lot now, especially now and, and you know, sooner rather than later, about the, 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 the appalling uh, underrepresentation of women in, in public life and other walks of life as well, obviously. And we never quite get to, to, be to, the, this, to a point where, apart from complaining about it or stating it, uh, to finding, uh, looking for solutions or even re reasons why the situation has, 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 has carried on for so long. So uh, before we look maybe towards uh, future solutions and what you're currently doing uh, in your organization to address the issues you've already sketched out, what, what are the historically are the barriers to, some of the main barriers at least, for women seeking more public office? Um, first, I have to say the obvious, which is that um, America has not even 25% of uh, women in power, oh. and the EU and most places in Europe are you know, blowing us out of the water. I think right. that, you know, it's between 36 and 38%, which is so much better. Um, but traditionally, I think that the barriers that we face in the states are very similar to barriers faced around the, the world. Uh, when you poll women and ask them why they are not interested in running, they really frequently will say they don't have enough money. 
Right. Um, they have to raise the children and they have to do the, the um, majority of the housework, even if they work. And so that's a barrier. But um, really the main barrier, the thing that most women will cite when they say that they're, they're not interested in stepping up to leadership is that they don't, they don't feel qualified to do it. They don't think that it's a position that, um, that they're supposed to hold. Right. And so um, that is the main thing that we're trying to get, get them past well, is to tell well, them. Well, can we try and major a bit yeah. on that for the moment? Yes, because it strikes me as a, as, a, as a guy that often the, the, the debate is, is, is couched in terms of either wittingly or unwittingly men, in a sense, dominating certainly, but also kind of blocking women to having a seat at the table, right. as opposed to women having their own issues, as it were, by, in, in coming forward. See the difference I'm trying to I make? I do, and I love that you say that, because I think that, um, that it's true. There are lots of external barriers that keep women out of power, and there always have been, right? Um, and what I'm saying is not at all that those don't exist. Of course, there are many things, um, external things, that are holding us, um, holding women back. But I think that the first thing we have to deal with is those internal barriers that make us not seek power in the first place, because we won't even hit the external barriers if we're not seeking power. And so we need to get, especially the reason Running Start works with young women, high school and college age, is we're trying to change mindsets early to show them that help them get over those internal barriers and show them that they do have what it takes to lead. Maybe I'm using the wrong phrase, but yeah. this lack of sort of self-esteem or whatever, no, or self-value or self-worth, yeah. is, does that uh, obtain because in school, uh, women, girls are, are brought, educated alongside guys, and they see guys being more, more, more self-confident. I mean, there's a situation. Imagine a situation in an old girls' school environment. Would you have a class full of girls? Obviously, no guys are allowed in. All having the same issues about, you know, having confidence. Okay. Oh, well, in the so, absence of guys, no, you know, right. to, to, I, I to highlight you know, It's a very good that. question. I mean, but first of all, I think you said this in the beginning. So in the history of the world, men have been the dominant leaders. Right. And so when, when we look at a model of leadership, we don't see, women don't see themselves nearly as much represented in those models of leadership. Right. And so I do think that it's, it, it is a millennia of socialization that we are supposed to be in the background and men are supposed to be in the foreground of leadership. Mm. And I think that that's what we're hoping to overcome, but that takes time. Um, and in terms of, of all female environments, I was just at an all girls school on Tuesday in, in the States. And, um, I think that even though, of course you do have, um, women, um, some who are more dominant and, and leading, it is such a universal problem. So you need to talk to all of them to say, look, mm. you can do more. This is a position for you. Um, you're meant to be in leadership. And so, um, so I think it applies, I think it applies in all environments. It's not just uh, when you have classrooms of male and female. Okay, well, staying with the classroom then and uh, context for the moment, I mean, we hear again and again and again, and I'm sure it's correct that, that especially now, but certainly probably going back a while, Girls are cleverer than boys. Girls are oh, more studious than hear boys. That. Yes. You you know you do better exams. You put you know you, you stick your head down. and You get on with the work, right. uh, and you do better. And you're higher and you're better qualified. And you're branching out. You women now after education into into in professions traditionally uh, dominated by by men, science, medicine, those kinds of Starting, professions, yeah. the law as well. And so I'm still slightly 
uh, intrigued, not not confused, but intrigued by the fact that how this this high level of intelligence and with it, which goes qualifications, does not translate into more confidence of women to to go a further step. Well, I mean, I'm sure you've heard this, but um, but. We always talk about the fact that if there is a job that um, that somebody's applying for, and they say you need these ten things in right. order to get the job, that if men have five of them, they're like, "Perfect, <laughs> I'm ready," and that women feel like they need to have eleven things right. in order to do it. And so, I know that doesn't answer your question. No, I, yeah. I think that I think that um, women tend to try to always be the smartest person in the room. Mm. They feel that they have so much more to prove as leaders um, mm. for obvious reasons because they're, we're still inventing what a female leader looks like, yeah. which might sound incredible, but it, you know, yeah. it, it is, it's relatively new in the history of mankind. And so um, I think, I think that the next generation is going to be better than this one. And, and it's a process moving forward where women will start to, to see themselves more in these positions. But, um, but it, it takes time. And, and that's what Running Start is all about. It's just trying to make sure the next generation of women know that they're meant to be in leadership, that it is a place for them. Well, maybe toward the end of the conversation, Susanna, we'll, we'll, we'll come to this, what you say, these, what, what does American, what does women leadership look like? You know, what to expect of this next generation? Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, you, you said, I want to again pick you up on that, that in relative terms, there aren't enough maybe in, in the political world at least, uh, maybe in the, in the business world and other worlds, but certainly in the political world, uh, for women, not enough role models, women role models to, you know, to aspire to, to emulating or to, be, to being like. Uh, whereas, of course, there are far, far too there many men. men. Yeah, there right. are a lot of male role models. But I just maybe yeah. this. I'm just trying to challenge you. But then, when but when there are women role models, like you know, whether it's Golda Meir, Margaret Thatcher, Hillary Clinton, yeah. Angela Merkel, and so on and so on, whether you, even if you don't agree with their politics or whatever, uh, they have they are they are real beacons there because they maybe because they stand out because they're so rare. Whereas there are plenty of men out there who screwed up. Who you may say guys have more role model, models because there are more men in political <laughs> positions of yeah. authority, but there are more examples of men not doing a particularly good job. Whereas the women tend to be who reach these heights of political power. Again, stressing whether you agree with their politics or not, they are successful. And they are real role models. For women, aren't they? Yes, but I think that all of the women who you just named are outliers. You okay. know, I mean, and Hillary Clinton didn't win the U.S. election. Um, so I think that um, I think that they're just simply they're not enough in order to really play that role. But, you know, the other thing I think is that um, when you are thinking about doing something as difficult as running for political office, mm-hmm. um, you you really do want to be able to see that path clearly and know you can do it. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm, if I'm 25 and I'm thinking about running for office, Hillary Clinton, it's hard for her to be my yeah. role model. Like she's yeah. so far yeah. above me. Right. So what one of the things that Running Start does is we bring in young elected officials to come and speak and they talk about how hard it is and they talk about how they overcame, um, you know, some of the problems like, you know, they had children that they had in daycare and how would they, how did they run for office while dealing, uh, taking care of their children. And so I think that having those, um, role models who are closer in age um, mm. and experience where you can really see that path. I think that's really important for, for women. Okay. Well, in the aftermath of the 2016 election, we heard on this side of the pond a lot about people who aren't necessarily political, uh, but certainly women uh, standing, wanting to stand for election because they weren't necessarily terribly happy with the result. I know you're non-partisan <laughs> right, uh, I am. Uh, running a start. I'm not trying to read you down a political non-partisan line of reasoning, but 
can you can you comment on that since what's two and a half years since the the election of Trump to the White House, uh, the the rate or the the amount or the extent of people who aren't necessarily political, you know, becoming political and and yeah. women's role in that. Yeah, I mean, I think that that. Um that election was the most fascinating political thing to ever happen in America. And I think that the impact on women, I know people talk about Donald Trump and um, more women running as a, as a result of Trump's presidency, but I almost see it as the other way around, that it was the fact that Hillary Clinton didn't win. They thought she was mm, going to win. They right. thought America was ready and that she didn't win. And I think that that was almost more shocking to women than the election of Donald Trump. It's like, we thought we were going to do this. And so what I've seen in the American public is people are angry. Women mm. are, they're really angry. They felt like we, we'd we finally gotten to the point where we were gonna, going to be at the highest levels, yeah. and then we weren't. And then, you know, frankly, all of the, the Me Too um, movement, that has been so instrumental in really getting people off the couch and, um, and, and out to, uh, to run for office because they anger motivates yeah. I kind of wish it didn't but I mean it, it yeah. has been fascinating and uh, I I think you probably know that um, our past election so many women the midterm election the midterm election in 2018 so many women ran who nobody no nobody who knew politics would say that they would they would win and they won and they don't look like Congress they're they're younger they're more diverse um, in some cases they they really diverge from the party in their views but I like that I mean I think that's so exciting and I think that um, one of the things that I'm trying to work towards is taking this monolithic power structure that we have right now mm. and mixing it up and bringing in different voices new voices who are going to be able to hopefully solve problems in different ways. Well, can you give uh, one or two examples of what Running Start, your organization, organization is doing to, you know, to be very practical in trying to, to change the situation? I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued, you know, because maybe what you're trying to do, maybe not so much implicitly, but also as a side issue, is, is boost women's self-confidence, right? It's not just a question of training modules and doing, no, no, no. doing yeah. homework. Right. It's actually kind of a self-esteem issue I mentioned earlier. It, no, it, it really is. And um, it's funny, I always feel um, that it, it makes it sound like I'm diminishing women to say, you know, women don't have as much self-confidence, and so we're going to train them in that. Yeah. Because you think, well, yeah. gosh, we all it's know all patronizing. these. It, it sounds so patronizing, <laughs> right? But the truth is... Um, with these cohorts of young women who we get, we hear the same we hear the same things over and over again. Like I'm not sure I can do that. Yeah. And so, um, right. So, so maybe it's patronizing, but it it is really important to deal head on with um, that feeling that they're an imposter, that feeling that they um, they can't do this job, that they don't know enough to do this job. And so, um, by having them practice things like they they come up with an issue platform and they they do messaging, um, they have to give speeches in front of increasingly larger audiences, mm-hmm. and we talk to them about their power and about um, about how they can be change makers, they can solve problems, they can bring help back to their communities. And and so even, you know, and we work with very young women, so the youngest are 13 years old, right. and it works. And I think part of the reason that it works so well is everything is in person, so we don't do any online training. It's, you know, looking in somebody's eyes and mm-hmm. saying, I know you doubt that you can do this, but you can do this, and we're going to help you on that path. We're going to teach you what you need to know in order to to get started. Well, let's maybe uh, sort of bring this to a close, Susanna, by talking about 
as you said earlier, you know, what does women's leadership, I can't remember your precise phrase, what, would, what does or what will women's leadership look like? I mean, it strikes me, again, just to be a tiny bit provocative, you work for a pretty high-powered, kick-ass kind of politician, Governor Richards, uh, that is, so, you know, women in a man's world, right? And, all, and yeah. Nancy Pelosi and many other examples sure. on this side of the Atlantic as well, where Margaret Thatcher springs to mind, surprise, yeah. surprise, where they 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 are either they felt or people describe them as women having to kind of behave like men oh, right correct. in order to you know to succeed in order to to survive never mind anything else and a lot of you know a lot of people undermining their authority and that kind of stuff behind their back as it were Edith Cresson Prime Minister of France uh, not so long ago also she was undermined by many male colleagues in her own party and the government never mind the other the opposing parties so I'm just curious to know um, to what extent uh, is it is it an issue, or we just need, as a matter of you know, of, of fairness, more women in, in politics, even if they end up behaving just like uh, men, for good or for bad, in mm-hmm. terms of competence and professionalism and intelligence, or whether they are, there are there are new things they're going to bring to the table, which that everybody, even the biggest misogynists, <laughs> would have to take seriously and take on board. Oh, I love this question. So <laughs> yes, so I I think that the. Um, most important part of my job is making our message appeal to those people who it, it does it's not a natural issue for them and explaining to that male misogynist yeah. that if we get more women in power it's going to help your life too it's going to actually improve society in general and you know you were talking about how these women will come in and they'll lead as men mm. that that of course has been true because you look at leadership mm. and you want to you know to um, emulate the the leaders that are there and what we're telling our young women is you're never going to look like those men. You're young, they're often diverse, you know, and they're women. And so you've got to find your authentic voice. You have to figure out how Mm. to find power using who you are. And I really think that once we get more, and we we really got a lot of them in in 2018, but once we get more women um, into office that really have that unique, fresh voice, I do think it's going to, it's going to, we're going to have better decisions. We're going to have a more representative body. We're going to get more done. And I right. think it's going to benefit everybody. Is it because, let's finish and wrap up on yeah. this then, Susanna. Is it, they, women are much better at listening. Uh, uh, they're better at consensus building. They are more thoughtful and more empathetic. They have more emotional intelligence. Uh, are these the things that we guys can look forward to as women assume more and more positions of a political leadership okay so i love all those things you said they also say that they're more collaborative they're less corrupt <clears throat> the truth is i think that those things they don't necessarily have to be true for it to be a good thing to get more women in yeah. because we all know that diversity itself yeah. is a means to better decisions right. and so just bringing those unique voices in um, they are going to lead differently maybe it's not always better even but they're going to look at problems yeah. differently they're going to um, just have a different life perspective and bring that with them to decision making and that is going to help everybody okay well we have to leave it there Susanna Welford thank you very much for your thank time thank you so much Paul I appreciate it